1: You downloaded the episode. Thank you. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, in less than two weeks, Potterless is going to be live in Portland, Oregon on February 17th at 1 p.m. at the Sentinel. I'm super stoked about it. I know exactly what I'm going to be talking about now. I will be discussing chapter 29 with Eric Schneider of Spirits. It's going to be super fun. I have been promised by Kelly that, quote, it is a hype chapter. So I'm super stoked. If you haven't gotten tickets already, go to listenupportland.com and check it out. You can get tickets to Potterless Live, Spirits Live, Horse Live, all of the above. Tickets are $10 and it's like a $3.30 processing fee. So for $13.30, you can see me live making sweet jokes. You can hang out with me afterwards. There's going to be a multitude meetup as well. I'm super excited about it. I really want to see you there again. Tickets are available and they're selling out quick at listenupportland.com. Also, it is the first episode of Potterless in February, meaning that it is donation time here at Potterless. Each month, we donate $1 for every patron that we have at our team at patreon.com Potterless to a different charity. And at the time of a recording, we have 656 patrons, meaning that we are donating $656 to St. Mungo's. And yes, this is a real charity. It's really cold in New York, and I have a hard time just walking in the city. I can't imagine being homeless and trying to sleep outdoors through these single-digit Fahrenheit temperatures. It's awful. So I was looking for a charity that helps with homelessness. And St. Mungo's is one that's really great because I've been doing a lot of US-based charities and these guys are based out of the UK. So I thought that was really awesome as well. And St. Mungo's is great because they go the next step when it comes to helping the homeless. They have a recovery-based approach for clients, meaning they focus on addressing the issues a person faces to try to help them avoid falling into whatever made them be homeless. So they'll look at their skills. They'll try to find a way to get them back on their feet so that they don't get into some sort of cycle of homelessness. I'm really excited about this charity. If you want to learn more about them. You can go to mungos.org. And I mentioned those 656 patrons. Well, we have new members to welcome to the team. So shout out to Carolina Alvedia, Ella Fisher, Soleil Dufa, Leo's daughter, Julie Anderson, William J. Ward, Sindhu Sridhar, Sanjana Kara, Jessica Lappin, Richie Bunker, Tua Tagovailoa, Lisa Elliott, Margaret Glide, Izzy Spina, Kira Apple, and Katie Marvel. A pronunciation correction to Caleb Omin. And a huge shout out to our newest producer level patrons, Lada B, Noah, Tracy Toya, Lucinda, and Carlos Nino. They joined the ranks of Leah and Vicky, Aaron, Erica, Calvin, Sadie, Jesse, Natalie, Deborah, Clow, Alex, Frank, Marchisio, Tori, Samantha, Juan, Jenna, Kieran, Rebecca, Abid, Caitlin, Rose, Marie, Jill, Marie, Lisa, Ariel, Romina, Kamel, Anthony, Russell, Dustin, Katie, Audra, Indiana, Ellen, Rosindy, Billy, Rossanne, Micah, Andrea, Nikita, Colette, Trina, Lala, Chelsea, Taylor, Lovecash, Ali, Cassandra, Roxy, Amelia, Sean, Jeremiah, Sarah, Jesus, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Jessica, Natalie, Arna, Brandy, Melody, Kristen, Zach, Elisa, Tiago, Daisy, Jessica, Orchid, Jonathan, Joe, Steve, Vivian, Samuel, Victoria, Takari, Darlene, Drake, James, Haley, Marino, Moster, Pinky, Hannah, Angelina, Ross, Marie, Peter, Maria, Phineas, Natalie, Victoria, Lee, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Cecily, Raul- Finn Moseen, Grace, Sammy, Raúl, Ingen Mari, Brienne, Heidi, Alexandra, John, Jen, Sephrin, Dussi, Noel, Tao, Hala, Emily, Michael, Robin, Rebecca, Patricia, Jane, Will, Neil, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Vittorio, Sarah, Claire, Teal, Sina, Silje, Desiree, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, William, Holly, Linea, Everly, Kevin, and Can't I Potter? Who never do the awkward thing where you say goodbye to someone and then you walk in the same direction? If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus content like bonus episodes, directors' commentary, exclusive live streams, you can go to Patreon.com/Potter. But without further ado, let's get into episode 63 of Potterless, covering chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the Seattle live show, guest starring Nathan Cox and Alison Lurs of Jet City Improv. you guys enjoyed that confetti bath. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm a 26-year-old man that took way too long to read the Harry Potter novels. I am going through the series for the very first time with the help of some friends that know a lot more about Harry Potter than me. Uh, so to help me out, oh, sorry, I'm a little out of breath. <laughs> To help me out, I have two lovely friends of mine that are uh, both Seattle improvisers. We have my good friend, Nathan Cox, who's an improviser here in Seattle and an amazing DJ, and my friend, Allison Grant, who works for Wizards of the Coast as a narrative designer. So welcome to the stage, Nathan and Allison! All right. Thank you guys so much for helping out. And discussing this book with me.
0: I thought you were kidding about the confetti can. No,
1: it was real. I Super that was real. A lie.
0: That was so real. Oh, you're covered. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. So we are going to be discussing chapter ten of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Which, before reading, I was warned it was a beefy chapter. Uh, it is. It's mm.
2: Great, great, mm. a
0: United Kingdom beef.
2: Deep things and feelings where you didn't think you're gonna have some yeah, feelings. Yeah, it was like I was f- like I'm feeling emotions about creature. Whoa. Whoa
1: gross. <laughs> That's not how that works. Uh, yeah. uh, before we begin, what are your Harry Potter houses so everyone can put it in perspective?
0: Oh, we're all Gryffindor.
2: Gryffindor till yeah. oh, yeah. Your boy uh, loaded the deck. Gryffindor. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what the sound is. Like, that sounds about right. Um, so <laughs> let's get it started right
1: away. So my first note was that being called Creature's Tale, first thing I wrote down, oh, this will be interesting. And then I thought, oh, no, his story will be in third person the whole time. Uh, my okay. least favorite thing. I just got to say, I'm very glad I didn't read the audiobook portion of this because I don't know if you guys have read the gym or listened to the Jim Dale audiobook, but when he mm-hmm. does House Elves, not fun to listen mm-hmm. to. No,
2: no. <laughs> not no. a good time. See, I always assumed that, like, Creature's voice, at least in my mind, was mm-hmm. so different from, like, obviously, like, Dobby's going to sound like this, but yeah. Creature's. Yeah, <laughs> Creature. <laughs> it's like Vincent Price from the Break In <laughs> thriller, <laughs> right? Or me after, like, a night of, like, 20 shots, and I wake up the next morning and I'm suddenly Creature's. So. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: Harry was up the next morning in a sleeping bag. And this raises my first question. Is there a reason why they slept on the floor and not in beds because in a house? Because you know house? those
0: are haunted ass beds. Uh, okay.
1: Plus yeah. they are racist beds. Ah, Everything in that house right, is racist. Right, very true. Good, uh, how could I think of this? So if we, get a, we get a very cute moment here though where Ron insisted that Hermione sleep on top of couch cushions, mm. which is very gentlemanly of him. Why didn't they just put her in a bed? But, besides the point, racist beds as we have talked beds. about. Right. But Harry notices by the positioning Hermione, that he thinks that Ron and Hermione were holding hands in their sleep, which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cute. for everyone listening at home afterwards. But it was a you, great hand display
2: by Alice. You <laughs> know there was a 2 hour period where uh, Ron Weasley was next to Hermione playing ah. that game of do I touch her? Do oh, I touch her? but I, maybe, do, I uh-huh. think I, I graced her did she oh, feel it like, am I going to touch her should I, I know do it? i he's yeah. I know
0: he wants to
1: touch Yeah, him. he's
2: got he no game they it. never touched. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But Harry doesn't think so and of course like all things for Harry Potter when he sees this it makes him feel lonely Because he's worried about himself and no one else ever (laughs) It's like oh my best friends are in love, but where's my girlfriend? (laughs) Ah, Gross <laughs> I wasn't surprised at all. So Harry's mind starts to wander and think of whether or not Dumbledore actually liked him or if he was just a tool, going yeah. in this big, like, downward spiral that he tends to oh, yeah. go to. yeah. Harry's
0: really good at downward spirals. <laughs> As someone who frequently downward spirals, I always really like that about his character. Like, he immediately goes to, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? But what if nobody
1: actually liked me?
0: Like, he goes there so fast, and I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he gets there real quick. So He's
0: got a lot to be depressed about. I mean he he, he doesn't have the best
1: life, Uh, like lots of bad things happen to him.
0: His life sucks Mm -hmm. ass.
1: Yeah. It's okay. He's a homeowner at age 17, so he's doing way better than all <laughs> Actually, of us.
0: That's
1: <laughs> oh man. So Harry decides to roam the house rather than stew in negative thoughts. And oh man, can I relate to this? Yep. Like, oh, I'm starting to think bad thoughts. You know what needs to be cleaned? My room that I cleaned yesterday. Yeah, let's do that so I don't think about it. So Harry then decides to go into Sirius' room, and it's loaded up with posters and pictures, mainly with stuff that's Gryffindor. It really looks like Sirius is trying to rebel from him His family, given that they are uh, a bunch of Slytherins and also big old racists, so probably (laughs) an
2: okay thing.
0: Sirius is the only one that's not. Super racist. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah they right. should have okay. slept in serious bed. bad. Now, you may be about to mention this, but Harry specifically calls out that he's got basically like swimsuit models on his yes! walls. Yeah. And like, I did the math. He was born in 1959, so mm-hmm. he's definitely got like a Farrah faucet, oh, like the iconic one! Got the one! orange swimsuit yeah. with the feathered hair. <laughs> Unless there's like wizard <laughs> babes calendars <laughs> well, that I don't know well, about. the thing that Harry notes is that he was like, he noted that they were
1: muggle pictures because the people in the pictures didn't seem to be moving all we that much. It brings up a really <laughs>
0: concerning point. Like, do wizards not have, like, sexy lady pictures? Is there just, like, no market for that? Like, do you have to go to the muggle stores to buy, like, fun, sexy well, pictures to put on your wall? And
2: I'm going to say if that Farrah Fawcett poster had been moving, he never would have made it, it to made Hogwarts. <laughs> he been in his room the whole time. <laughs> it would have been very preoccupied. So he goes
1: into Sirius' room, and one of the pictures he notices of all of the marauders, and they look really happy, which, of course, warms Harry's heart. And he tries to take the photo off. You know, because he's a thief, but it cannot be
2: removed. yeah,
1: whatever. So he tries to take it, but it cannot be removed. Sirius has put some sort of charm or spell to, like, stay out of my room, mom. Whatever the <laughs> incantation is for that. It's whatever Latin for stay out of my room, yeah, mom. That's, that's right. what it is to make it stick on your wall. Harry then notices a crumpled up letter to Sirius from Lily Potter. And it's thanking him for a toy broomstick that he got for a one-year-old Harry Potter who's already flying on this. This seems like a really dangerous toy.
2: Right?
0: All, all wizarding toys are dangerous as yeah. hell. That's, yeah. a running, that's the pattern with all of
2: them. They're saying that, like, it doesn't leave two feet off the ground but do you know how much it takes to like dent a baby yeah. uh, <laughs> about one and a half feet yeah. <laughs> and also like as a baby he is not two feet tall so yeah. it can go up like 300 of his height yeah like right. that's not cool also, like they all had broomstick training back in like book one to learn how to fly at all. Mm-hmm. Evidently, uh Harry is LeBron of, of Quidditch. This <laughs> yeah. dude's just like flying all over the place at the age of two. How
0: fast is zooming? Also, how yeah, fast what's is the, the velocity technical term? of that broomstick? Yeah, well, is he is
2: like <laughs> Roomba speed? Like is he just like bouncing off of walls and going in a new direction? The thing that concerns me though is that he is one,
1: and my my sister uh, had a baby, and she's like eighteen months old now, mm-hmm. and she didn't start walking until like just past a year old so you gotta think like in the wizarding world it's like well you gotta crawl before you can fly in a broomstick and you gotta fly in a broomstick before you can walk the natural progression of human life
0: first they have to be able to hold up their head on their own and then they have to be able to roll over onto their stomach on their own and then they have to be able to get on a goddamn broomstick
2: (laughs) just make sure not to give him an M&M or else he'll choke to death but let him fly Fly on on a broomstick it's fine it's all good So the letter mentions spending
1: a lot of time with Bathilda, Bathilda mm. Bagshot, who we just learned about being important last yeah, that chapter. Means, that yeah, yeah. like one important. chapter goes yeah. like, "Oh, by the way, Bathilda's really important," and the next chapter Lily's like, "I've been friends with her the whole time. I promise, <laughs> we're the best friends ever." <laughs> Uh, so Harry then has a moment of awe but then he analyzes the letter like crazy like any high schooler does yeah. with a text message they've received. So he notes that Dumbledore using James' invisibility cloak is strange, mm. which is mentioned in the letter because Dumbledore has said in the past that he doesn't need it. And Harry wonders, was he giving it to someone else? Also in the letter, it notes that Wormtail was there and he looks sad and Harry's like, oh yeah, is he sad because this is the last time he was going to see my parents alive?
2: Gah, flips the table it's in the room. Um, is he
0: sad because he's a traitor? <laughs> yeah.
2: Is he sad because he turns into a rat, the worst of all animals to turn into?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so for, for like animagus stuff, uh, you don't get to pick it, right? It just kind of happens.
0: I believe so. Yeah. So yeah. how
1: how bummed out does he find out? Like, oh man, like I'm an animorph. I can do whatever I want. And he's like, oh, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> oh, no. Like my friend is a wolf. My other Plus, friend's a dog. I'm a rat. Like
0: they worked at it specifically. Like they went out of their way to learn how to do this. And I imagine he was just like watching James turn into the fucking stag. And seriously. <laughs> cool ass dog and he's like wow finally I'm gonna find out <laughs> he's this sad awful little rat alright
2: quick though like if, if you were like what would you be the most disappointed to turn into I think I would go with like a tardigrade like a water bear Ooh. <laughs>
1: I, I think the worst would probably be a sloth because then there'd be no advantage to it. Like I'd be very cute, but I couldn't.
2: I'd be like, I should just walk. Except wow. everyone wants to cuddle you all the time. A slug,
0: honestly. <laughs> like something slow and small and squishy just doesn't
2: sound fun. Yeah. At plus, all. then you end up in Ronald Weasley's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> callback.
1: Sick Callback. Uh, so. So Harry looks at the rest of the letter and he notices that it gets cut off, of course, at, it seems incredible that Dumbledore end of the letter. Mm. So, the ultimate blue balls in the form of Lily's paper.
0: Lily's so dramatic, I love yeah.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, where should I go on to page two? This'll Ooh. fuck with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big old cliffhanger, and second page. So Harry looks around, can't find it, but then Hermione comes in frantically, because Harry Potter, who a lot of people are trying to murder, has just mm-hmm. left without telling his friends. <laughs> Didn't write in, no, like, hey, I'm upstairs or anything. So they wake up and for 15 seconds we are convinced the their best room friend for
0: is dead. A reason, Harry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that Ron doesn't even come upstairs. He just kind of yells from the bottom, like "You git!" Yeah. Like it's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, how dare you? So
1: exactly, uh, Ron says, "Quote, good. Tell him from me that he's a git." Yeah. Harry then shows Hermione the letter. Hermione notes.
2: <laughs> that Sorry, I just I thought about like what Ron was really doing in that moment was it was the first time since he almost touched Hermione that he had some alone time. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's why he wasn't concerned or able to go upstairs.
1: Right. Oh, uh, t- uh, tell him he's a git for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hermione then notes... Hoping
0: creature's not there. <laughs> oh, God,
1: the worst. Oh, <laughs> Oh, the worst. (laughs) So bad, so bad. So Hermione then notes that all the other rooms in the house are torn up, which making them think that probably Snape is the one that went through and kind of looked at all of the stuff. So Classic
0: stuff looker.
1: Yeah, that's Snape. Uh, I don't understand why. He's
2: a real Snape goat throughout the entire
1: book. Bleh.
0: come on <laughs> yeah.
1: that's my job uh, <laughs> so harry then brings up the Bethilda bagshot thing to hermione and before harry can even get out that she wrote history of magic to try to brag hermione's like oh the writer of history of magic i'm hermione granger remember <laughs> she she understands what harry is trying to hint at so that they can have an excuse to go back to Godric's hollow but she warns like hey probably not a good idea, still.
0: On account of all the people wanting to murder you.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and especially how well they were following him to the random cafe in the muggle world that they Mm -hmm. showed up immediately. The thing is, like, going to Godric's Hollow seemed like a bad idea when it was just going for Harry's parents, but now it's a situation where, oh yeah, Dumbledore is his neighbor, by the way. Uh, This is a really bad place to visit. Mm -hmm. Don't go to Godric's Hollow, Harry, but Mm -hmm. you gotta go to Godric's Hollow. uh, So, Hermione scorns him for doubting Dumbledore based on what crazy people, like Rita Skeeter and Muriel have said. Being the voice of reason, as Hermione Granger always is, Mm -hmm. as uh, has been mentioned in the past on this podcast, if Hermione was the main character in these books, there would be two of them, and they'd each be like 12 pages long. Yes. (laughs) So so Hermione says that they should have breakfast, and on the way down, Harry notices, quote, a pompous little sign, neatly lettered by hand, the sort of thing that Percy Weasley might have stuck on his bedroom door, which, at first I was like, oh no, this is going to be the worst, but then he notes that it says do not enter without the express permission of Regulus Arcturus Black and this is something I want to get really excited for but in real life in terms of the episodes of Potterless that have released I haven't predicted that R.A.B. is Regulus Black for like four episodes so like everyone here should be really impressed because this is the flip of the Ludo Bagman situation but I have no proof but for like four episodes I've been like yo R.A.B. I'm telling you I'm telling you it's definitely (laughs) Regulus Black I just need to remember if his middle Name is A, and now it is, and then we get to confirm. I'm very happy.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, But can we talk about how he has the, like, Brian's room, don't enter, like, it, sign on the store?
1: But it's, like, not even the cool one. It says, without the express permission, which makes me think of, like, when you watch an NBA game and it's, like, this
2: game may not be recorded without the
1: express written consent <laughs> for the National Basketball Association. It's like, a mattress cool.
0: tag, don't rip it off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, not the coolest sign, but yeah, it's the lame version of, like, no girls allowed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hermione's already going downstairs. Harry calls her back up, saying that he found R.A.B. They call up Ron, and they go into the Room and it's basically the exact inverse of Sirius's room. It's all decked out in black family gear and the crest, and then also Slytherin stuff all over. Harry even notices the picture of the Slytherin Quidditch team, and he notes that R.A.B. is the seeker there. And <laughs> right. Hermione's like, like me, and everything's about me. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> You're like oh, here's something that can relate to me. I'm Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> so, so he tries to tell Hermione and Ron this, and like good friends and companions, they are worried about everything else in the room besides. Besides this. Like, they're looking for important things, and Harry's like, no, 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 look! He's in the middle of the picture because he's a seeker, and then the narrator even does this thing where it's like, Harry then realized no one was listening to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so good. That should happen so much more than this. It, <laughs> 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 it would be great. So they try Accio Locket to try to get it, which
2: I think is great, and if I was a wizard, I would do that all the you time. No, you gotta try.
0: <laughs> At least they give it a shot. Yeah,
2: but then that's how you end up with, like, a body like Horace Slughorn, because you don't do anything, you just say yeah. Accio uh, everything exactly <laughs> i the last episode that i recorded i talked about this it's like being able just to
1: apparate super quickly yeah. would be so tempting and then it'd be like oh man i could walk five steps to
2: the fridge or <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy- also i want to be clear i have a body kind of like horse so is that me making an insult? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good live your truth so
1: they try acu it doesn't work and they try to theorize about where it might be and then they have a sudden realization which Hurts my soul. Uh, so there is a quote where they say Hermione says there was a locket, and Ron, Harry, as well as everyone else reading the book, goes what? And Hermione says that in the cabinet in the drawing room, nobody could open it, and we, we, dot, dot, dot. Harry's a pin in the stomach. So the cleaning chapters in the beginning of the Order of the Phoenix that I have shit on for the past twenty-eight episodes of you List, have shit on it. they were actually important,
2: <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can't believe it.
0: There was a whole sentence that I, was uh, important.
2: In that. I'm, I'm, I'm not spoiling, spoiling nothing but this book is just chock full of like see, I put this in there for a reason. (laughs) I have been warned by dozens of people that there are going to be
1: multiple moments like this in the book where like look Mike, there's going to be some times where there's the tiniest gotcha moments and you're going to be so mad. Anytime
0: you see a list of items, like just keep a notepad
1: and just write them all down that way you'll never miss anything. See I did but I took notes on the dumb things like Essence of Murlap and that has not come up again. Too useful (laughs) Too useful. But when I start destroying Harry Potter trivia across the nation, then I'm gonna be so great because I'll be like, oh, no, no, I know exactly how many pages Ludo Bagman was in. I'm well aware of what goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Harry feels like there's a brick in his stomach and he realizes that they threw it out into the rubbish. And Harry tries to hold on to the hope that Creature tried to steal it. Like, hey, maybe Creature tried to steal our stuff that we were getting rid of. So that's basically their only chance. Harry calls for Creature, who apparates in immediately. And of course, what's the first thing the Creature does? Because he's a big old racist, comes in and goes, ah, the mudblood, the blood traitor, why am I here? My master would be so upset. <laughs> uh, and Harry immediately is like, no, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And says he can't call them those names. and he asks Creature. And every time he talks to Creature now, as he did when he put him and Dobby on spy duty, has to preface it with like a hundred things so you don't get the genie thing where they go like similarities or whatever. He's like, you have to tell the truth. You can't lie to me. You really need to tell me where it is. When I ask this question, you have to answer it like all of the Apple user agreement thing. It's like he goes through all of that. It's like, do you agree? And the Creature's like, oh, fine. (laughs) Creature agrees. And then finally says like, where is it? And he says that Mundungus Fletcher took it. And the like complete 180 that I've done where first I was like, Mundungus Fletcher has a cool name and seems quirky. That's great.
2: To now I'm like, fuckman Douglas Fletcher he so sucks. much. He
1: sucks. He's so bad. He sucks. So bad. He's
2: got
0: dung in his name. That's how you know. Him. Yeah, oh, yeah. God.
2: When you're when you're a combination of the words mundane and dung. Like. <laughs> So yeah, not
1: ideal. So he took it. Harry asks why and then Creature goes into this big story Which is the title of this chapter. So the whole story is about that after Sirius ran away uh, Regulus joined the Death Eaters at age 16 very Mm Malfoy-esque And he was very happy and proud to serve Voldemort one day one year after he served Regulus said that Voldemort needed an elf and even Harry's like Voldemort needed a house elf Uh, why? There's Um. so many reasons why. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Because Voldemort, you know, doesn't think that everybody is as important as him. The squad is very shocked, and Creature says that he was honored, and he gets this, like, I don't know if it's cute or scary that the whole time he's telling the story, he's rocking back and forth. I think that qualifies as
0: scary. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, it's kind of adorable because Creature was important, but then you learn what Creature did, and you're like, oh, never mind. Horribly
0: traumatized little asshole.
1: So Creature then tells the squad about how Voldemort set him to go to that same cave where the black lake was and the flying dutchman ship it's and the all worst of that. Lake, yeah. And Voldemort basically made creature be the guinea pig to like test run it. Yeah. like, you know, when you run like your roller coaster in uh roller coaster tycoon, <laughs> when you make a creative <laughs> one, you're like, "Will this water slide work if there's a jump in the middle?" Let's Here, give it a shot. All fun. Yeah, yeah, go creature. Uh, so he basically does that. And like he- <laughs> just in case
0: you needed a reminder that Voldemort is like hella evil. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're just going to have him like literally torture a living centenary person. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I imagine him just, like, having Creature go through the thing and just, like, standing with his arms crossed, like, yes, okay, now stick your hand out (laughs) and call up the ghost boat that's underneath the water. Mm, Perfect. Why'd you
0: put your hand on the water, Creature? Yeah, just take a... (laughs) (laughs) Put
1: your hand in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so he basically had Creature go through the whole thing and then took the potion, and then once the potion was out, put the locket in, filled up more of this poison death potion, and was like, okay, great, it works. I'll see you later. Thank you so much. And then just pieces is out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Creature then has to drink from the water because as we've seen with the very traumatizing Dumbledore situation, it is messed up stuff. And I don't know, do they ever like fully describe what that potion does to you, or do you just kind of have to no. infer? You
0: you get to infer. Okay. In, and in
1: theory? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I don't know if, like, later in the books, so, it's like, oh, by the way, like, if Harry ever talks to painting Dumbledore. Yeah. If, if he yeah. doesn't talk to painting Dumbledore in this book, I'm going to be so disappointed. I have no
2: idea what uh, happens. Uh, I, tell you. Um, I I always I gathered that, like, it just kind of makes you, like, realize or remember, like, your worst fears yeah. and memories, yeah. and, like, puts you in the worst... Mental headspace, whether it's potential or mm-hmm. something you've actually experienced. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking was Just like the worst version of Bogart, or just like that one time you said that awkward thing in sixth grade forever. Yeah. and you're like, no, just like on repeat again.
2: So, hey, you guys want to go see Pokemon Two Thousand this Friday? <laughs> <laughs> so don't remember. <laughs> Creature then drinks from the Black Lake,
1: and the Inferi drag him under. But Harry asks how he escaped, and Creature said that Regulus called him back and. And he, he just by the powers of house elf magic, just kind of went back immediately. And Harry doesn't want to believe him. He's like, but wait a second, you can't disapparate. uh, It's a cool
0: point, though. like The the fact that elf magic works differently than human wizarding magic. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was a really cool world-building point. Just that different beings use magic in different ways. And it does speak to Voldemort's uh, arrogance that he didn't think that elves could use something that he couldn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this is the second time that he's done this with the cave because Dumbledore also noted in the end of the sixth book, he's like, oh, Voldemort didn't think that any teenager would be able to do this. Ah. You're fine, you're good. So yeah, Voldemort, not ideal. Well, yeah.
2: you know, the tricky thing, and it gets to this a little bit more, but like elves are evidently, it, it seems like infinitely powerful. Yeah. And the the fact that they are, as Hermione kind of points out, that they are kind of slaves mm-hmm. and have to follow unless they're freed what would happen if there was a 100% like house elf uprising? And right? W- yeah.
1: This made me very much think that it's like a Planet of the Apes situation waiting to happen. Like you just need one smart house elf that's like, wait a second, guys. What if we didn't do what they said? <laughs> what if we all just wear socks and then didn't do what they say and then rise up? And then they can just like do all sorts of magic and Hogwarts that the people can't do. And then they're screwed. And I'm all for
2: house elf liberation. except. Sure. I really hate those portions of the books with Hermione. Uh, uh, I don't know <laughs> if they ever
1: come to fruition of anything at all, but we got a lot of spew stuff that so far I hasn't just, done I, anything. I love
0: the idea that a house elf, like leads the rebellion and like still speaks in third person the whole time. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> Jellybean thinks we should stand It's perfect because no one would take them seriously and then they would rule the humanity. Mm -hmm.
1: And then we'd all be speaking in third person. So, yeah, Ron brings up the point. (laughs) (laughs) So Ron brings up the point that elf magic is different than human magic, citing that, you know, they can disapparate and apparate within the walls of Hogwarts. Harry questions why Voldemort would overlook this and Rowan says, look, Voldemort is so racist that he didn't process that anybody else can do magic, so he didn't really think to do it. So Harry then goes on to ask what happened when he got back. Creature says that Regulus was very worried and told him to stay hidden and not leave the house. And then one night, Regulus, who Creature says must have been out of his mind, asked Creature to take him to where Voldemort brought him. And when they went, Regulus drank the potion and then ordered Creature to swap the lockets and then leave without him, and promising to never tell anybody about what happened and told him to destroy the locket. Which like, oh man, Regulus. It makes me really want to know at what point regulus makes the turn right because it seems like a really interesting thing to go from because this would be the equivalent of like malfoy being all in on being evil and awful and then just deciding you know what actually i'm going to turn on voldemort and i want to see like what sparked regulus to do it right like this is
0: basically like someone joining a cult and mm-hmm. like realizing at le- like at some point while they were indoctrinated like in that system that wait no this is messed up I'm gonna blow this whole thing up yeah and then following through with that not just following through with that but sacrificing his life to do it that's mm-hmm. intense
1: yeah it's it reminds me of what's uh who's uh oh my gosh uh, John Boyega's character in the new Star Wars movies oh Finn, uh, oh, Finn. yeah Finn because yeah. he kind of yes. does the same thing like yeah. he was a stormtrooper and they yeah. say actually no this
0: is messed <laughs> up I'm blow this whole thing up and he does yeah
1: I I don't know if the creature thing is what specifically made Regulus do it, because Regulus really like Creature, but I love that we have a really interesting character. Yeah. And of course, like all the interesting characters in the book, Charlie Weasley, we never learn about <laughs> the interesting characters. There's just one sense where we're like, this person's the best. Anyway, let's go talk about how Harry was sad about stuff. <laughs> um, well,
2: And it makes me wonder, like, w- how much did Regulus know at that moment? Like, yeah. as far as his yeah. knowledge of, like, Horcruxes, did he know that this was, yeah. like, one? He, he uh, knew
0: enough to figure that out. Yes.
2: Like, he must have. But, but if he thought, like, this will do it, and this will be the end of him, or -hmm. if he's just like, who knows what else is out there? I don't know, but like this'll like, be a piece, and yeah. that's enough. Like, that's a really bold
1: thing. Either way, Regulus is awesome. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, so now I think I'm up to two Slytherins that I like. Yay! So woo, we've got Tonks' mom and Regulus. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Hermione is in tears at the story, as is Creature. She tries to hug him, but then he freaks out that a mudblood touching him would displease his mistress. And he's like, I told you to stop being racist. Uh, so Creature says, that he tried to destroy the locket, but nothing that he did worked. And Creature is clearly upset about his inability to destroy the locket, and that he wasn't allowed to tell anybody. And at this point, I had a very weird, conflicting moment where I felt bad for Creature, and I wasn't sure if I should. Uh, It was was interesting, because like...
0: Yeah, it's messy.
1: He's put in like a weird situation, and then what Hermione explains afterwards is basically that, you know, yes, he is siding with some not so good people, but you just gotta think, like, he's just being nice and loyal to the people that are good and nice to him. And you have people like serious, like yeah we got to like serious. but like Sirius was a dick to him like Sirius was not nice to him regardless of serious's good intentions or the yeah. fact that he's a good guy yeah. like he was awful to Creature and just because Creature is loyal to the people that aren't shit to him I feel
2: like that's a natural reaction that yeah. people yeah, have it is. and is like obviously he is a product he's a reflection of that entire house of that entire family so uh, as with uh real people like as long as you change and make an effort and like we like who knows what's gonna happen with mm-hmm. the creature but uh, that's what's obviously important in the situation. So, but yeah. right now he's still the fact yeah. that he was just like, don't touch me. <laughs>
0: I, I love how unapologetically messy that the morality yeah. of these books can be when it decides to like really get in there. Like, mm-hmm. there is no clear cut answer in this situation. Like, there's yeah. horrible people on the good side and the bad, and you know, creature is horrible and gross, but also he was hideously traumatized. And yeah, did a horrible bunch of things he didn't want to do, and that sucks.
1: And I think what creature is going through is definitely worse than what Snape is going through. Oh. I had a crush and this girl didn't like me. Oh, <laughs> so now I'm just gonna be evil for six and a half bucks. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I was about to ask, oh, does Snape not qualify for you like Slytherin's? <laughs> and now I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So Harry then says he doesn't understand why Creature would go along with orders from Narcissa. And this is where Hermione says the whole, like, look, these are the only people that were nice to him. Yeah. Hermione says that she knows he's gonna bring up that Regulus changed his mind. And she cites that Regulus had never told this. To creature, so it's not exactly sure like where we can stand on Regulus, and it's it's a weird like confusing moment uh, between all of them. But they, at the end of the day, they kind of have to just think nicely for creature, who's basically just doing what he was told and then being nice to people. So. After that, Hermione says that she always thought that wizards would pay for how they treated house elves, and both Sirius and Voldemort have, which is another, like, ugh, like, serious real talk truth bomb moment, because it's like, yeah, this person that is Satan is gonna suffer from it, but also is your godfather. Sirius was part of that system
0: too, like, yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's problematic, even for the
1: people that we like.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's like in
2: real life. I do want to take a moment in that passage where there are times where Harry is asking direct questions to creature and Hermione is like don't you understand? And I'm like, <laughs> this is the classic, like, a white person being, like, like, answering a question about oppression when there's a person of color in the room that can yeah. answer it for them. Yeah. And it's just like, he could have spoken up for himself and said mm-hmm. how he felt, but in the instant, she's just like, no, I'm an expert. I have yeah. friends who are else. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk. And it's like, Hermione, just, just chill sex, out for, sex, a sex, chill yeah. for a second. Yeah. But yeah. I personally thank her for doing this, because I would
1: rather have things explained to me in first person, <laughs> rather <laughs> than have Creature World be like, well, Creature was treat poorly by Sirius Black, so a creature would be like, stop, please stop. Just talk like a person, please. So I, I get it, but also I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, so then Harry kind of has a bit of a change of heart. So he remembers what Dumbledore says after Sirius' death, which that he didn't think that Sirius ever considered that creature would have emotions similar to a human. And this is something that we get to the whole thing of wizards only thinking highly of themselves and not other beings, is that wizards don't recognize, like, hey, these other people matter. Like, giants matter. And werewolves matter and we shouldn't be mean to them just because they're different than us. And this is one of those like really good talking points in the book. That's like, this is awesome. Thank you, JK Rowling. Like, this is so good. So I really found this to be nice. And I like that Harry Potter had a change of heart, but then he completely oversells it as Ron calls him out for. So Harry extremely politely asks Creature to find Mundungus and bring him here so they can finish the work regularly started, but it's like, hey, Creature, hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks well, like, for sharing this story. You know who really sucks? Oh, that Mundungus guy, right? No, 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 guy, no, no, no. Right? but
0: in the, in the text, though, it says it takes him, like, 40 minutes to get to that point. Oh, so, oh, like, no, it's, right, it's, it's I like forgot. of so just, like, let him cry it out. Let well, well out.
1: yeah, so and it's that, that, but then juice. they have the moment oh, okay. when oh, there's 30 minutes of Creature being too happy, <laughs> because he he very politely tells him all of this, and then and after he asks him, like, hey, remember that Mundungus guy that we hate? He's so bad. Like, can you go to Mundungus, please, and get take care of him? Here, why don't you take Regulus's locket? And then Creature flips shit for 30 minutes, <laughs> like, just like, freaking out, like, running all over the place, like, running back and forth uncontrollably. Like. This
0: whole endeavor is, like, taking care of that one, like, messy, dramatic friend who's having, like, a difficult day. And you know, like, this is gonna take me three hours to get through, but Rebecca's having a tough time. We're gonna go over and make sure we all get through this alive
1: and okay. I can imagine trying to calm someone down for 30 minutes if they're really distraught. Like, hand on the shoulder, like, hey, it's okay, buddy. Yeah. It's gonna be fine. I don't know that I've ever tried to stop someone from being happy. Uh, like, so happy that for 30 minutes they were just screaming. <laughs> so, I don't know, like, what does that look like to be like, no, it's, okay, it's not that good of a locket. Like, it's a fake locket. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not the real one creature. It's like, no. no <laughs> it's for the family, I love it. I like, just uh, doing that for literally an hour. <laughs> it's exhausting.
0: Uh, it's like
1: a hummingbird. I yeah, like I does. don't know. I don't know if like if Harry and Ron start like playing a game of wizard chess. They're like yeah, he's still freaking out. Yeah, yeah still, they like pull out some gobstones. They play Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery and they wait 500 hours before you can do the next damn mission <laughs> in the game. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my yeah. little side note about Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. Like sometimes the things like matter when you have to like wait eight hours to do the next task because McGonagall will be like, "Oh, I'll write you a letter when I'm ready to teach." this hard spell that isn't in the curriculum. That makes sense. But other times, like, Rowan's like, hey, meet me in the Gryffindor common room. And then the game's like, you have to wait three hours before you can walk up a flight of stairs, (laughs) idiot. Why don't you go play gobstones with Bill Weasley to try to get a sweater? (laughs) 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 Oh, man. so. Or intense thoughts on game design it's like, Thank it's you. A, oh yeah right hey it 's a, a very fun game, but it 's like one of those like you 're going to want to buy money, and i still haven 't paid a cent, which i 'm really happy yeah, about, nice work. very proud of this, <laughs> uh, so gives him the locket, he freaks out thirty minutes later he 's back down to earth, and then he bows to Ron and Harry, and then he turns to Hermione and he does a weird spasm, which the narrator describes as a failed salute. And then he disappears.
0: Improvement? Yeah.
1: Improvement? I, I wanted more detail on the weird spasm, though. <laughs> like, I want to know, was it a weird arm thing? I thought it was like he, he was trying to figure out, like, what a curtsy is. And he's like, uh, I'm supposed to do something different to women. For those
0: of listening at home, we're attempting to. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> we're <laughs> all spasming. Spasms. We're just our
0: bodies in a way that looks like a salute. Yeah, it's <laughs> difficult.
2: I'm really excited about how, like, I don't re- know exactly how much time has passed, since Mundungus took the the locket, so he took that. It, they learn it in the beginning of the sixth
1: book, where Harry's like, "Oh, hey, Mundungus, what's up?" And then like all of the things fall out of his okay. trench coat, and okay. he's like.
2: Mundungus? So, like. so I'm, I'm real excited for, and you'll have the, the tension from this chapter to whenever uh, Creature completes his task, if he completes his task, that he's been waiting a year and a half, maybe, a year, and this whole time, he's been pissed off. So when Harry's just like, I give you permission, you imagine that in Creature's head, oh. he's like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to fuck that dude up. Oh! <laughs> like... The joy he must feel also, yeah You're like I'm gonna use my elf powers.
0: <laughs> Theoretically, this locket like it's still a Horcrux, so it's still like cursed as shit. Right. Which means Mundungus has been walking around with this like cursed ass motherfucking locket. Yeah. For like a year. Yeah.
1: I wonder if bad stuff has happened to Mundungus. I hope it has. I hope so. I hope like I hope really weird suffering. things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. he was
2: still he was still around for the the multiple Harry's excursion at the beginning of this book. so yeah. Clearly, it hasn't affected him too badly.
1: Yeah. Except he. Did the cat disappeared like a coward and let Mad-Eye Moody die. Uh, or did he die? Because Moody's body hasn't been found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I really thought Moody was back when they first get into Grimald Place, and uh, then you hear the, like, Severus Snape, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, Moody's back! And then two sentences later, they're like, actually, Moody's not back. Yeah. It's like, oh, but man. But it's true,
2: you can't confirm until you see the
1: body, so... Uh, we yeah. never Game know. Game of Thrones
0: rules. Game of Thrones rules. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've also <gasps> never seen that. Oh! Uh, <laughs> new <body> <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> So, that is... The end of this chapter. But do you guys have anything else to say, just about the chapter itself, or this anything is that is conspired? This is a one.
0: I love, I love how messy and full of feelings this. Is. So, like when you when you think about a family member that has died, like you always want to cling to whatever you can find of them that's still lying around, and like encountering like proof that they were a person who were alive once also reminds you that there are still people who are fucked up and messy and full of bad ideas. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and the, it's always difficult to like, deal with that in real life, and, they, and J.K. Rowling handled it really nicely in the book. Uh, just as far as like the weird complicated feelings of like learning about these people that aren't here anymore and realizing that they aren't the memory that you have in your head, they're still people, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll also like, I, <laughs> I don't know why this thought occurred to me. I want to say her name is Phyllis, but that's not right. Remember the black families in the painting who always just yells at them? Oh yeah, Mama Black. Mama yeah. Black, right, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's just say her name
2: is racist Mama Black. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> her name's Linda and she sucks. Yeah.
2: In my mind, like, I know that like, uh, we, we may or may not, Live in a magical world, but I'm like mm. that's why we should get rid of all Confederate statues in the United States. Oh my god! Because you know if they could, they would be doing the same thing that she is. Yo, we don't want the <laughs> night in the museum situation where they come to life and all that. <laughs> it would be horrible. It would just be like be it was awful. when she's there. Like make too much noise near them, and then just things get really ah, horrible. It so. Turn it off. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really bad. Let's take them down. Yeah, no. Yeah. And why th- is her like paint? Do the maybe it's perma stuff. I think it's again it's where they can They literally can't remember. They the because, same
0: like, adhesive stuff that Sarah in and just like paint it all over the really yeah. horrible shit mask
2: yeah. no, or I'm, secure the curtains like can't you perma stick the curtains to the painting or like Ooh. you can buy some
0: like safety pins just like <laughs>
2: <for> <laughs> just a lot of stuff to cover honestly. it up honestly
1: I'm so intrigued by, like, whatever. I, I need to know more about how paintings work. Because yeah. mm-hmm. when is the painting painted? Mm-hmm. And then, like, is there any downtime between, like, death? You know, what if you, like, pass in your sleep or one of those things where you, like, don't know what's up. And you just, like, wake up and you're like, why am I in Dumbledore's? Oh, man! <laughs> oh, what happened? Oh, come on! What have you? Just- hey, anyone
0: here, how did I die? You had an aneurysm. Shit! Oh, come
2: on! Oh, what if you just, like, on. flat out are just like, I'm cool with not existing anymore. Let me just, like, cease to... Be and yeah. said you're in this... This but, like, it's not reluctant.
0: necessarily a sentient... Like, the, pink- the paintings aren't necessarily sentient. Like it's. But just they have like
1: emotions, a- because the fat lady erupted into right. tears when she found out that Dumbledore died, so, like, are they still people? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind yeah. of rules do the paintings have? And, of course, J.K. Rowling never says anything. Why would she describe it to us? Uh, or yeah. does she?
0: As
2: someone who...
1: Uh, <laughs> so- <laughs> the silence after makes me think she might. <laughs> does Harry
2: finally ask questions? The last no. half of the book takes place in the painting. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I, I make video games for a living and uh, part of like the worst part of coming up with imaginary places is the fact that you can't explain everything and uh. some things you shouldn't explain because the moment that you start to like get into the midichlorian levels of like here's the science of how it works, it immediately stops being magical and starts being scientific and that sucks.
1: Yeah, I think so at gonna, times I'm I need to... I'm going to rain
0: on your parade. <laughs> you don't want
1: to know <laughs> well, how the physics There's are. a lot of times as I read these books where I'm like, oh right, it's a book about magic. <laughs> like maybe, well, like right. <laughs> maybe I should just like calm down.
0: <laughs> well, if you think about it too hard, you'll end up in this horrible, like, black mirror space where, like, uh, yes, it is a copy of someone, uh, and they've been living in an elementary school
2: for
0: 500 <laughs> years, yeah. and it's awful. <laughs>
2: Uh, Things get real dark. <laughs> <laughs> real fast. Oh, uh, man. Well,
1: thank you guys so much for joining thank along. you. You guys were fantastic. Really do appreciate it. And then is there anything you want to plug or talk about for the lovely humans listening uh, yeah. here and at home? Yeah,
0: so Nathan and I were both on a podcast uh, called Mermaid in Manhattan. Uh, and the plot of Mermaid in Manhattan is it is a post-apocalyptic adventure about um, a three-way married couple going to rescue one of their husbands that was kidnapped by reverse mermaids.
2: Uh, And reverse mermaids are exactly what you think they are. So picture it. And you've got it. But yeah, there's a civil war between the normal mermaids and the reverse mermaids mm-hmm. happening in underwater Manhattan. Uh, there's, it's,
0: it's the coolest project There's I've froglodytes.
2: There's like all sorts of things going yeah, on.
0: Yeah, there's a cosmic infinite eel who's an asshole. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah, uh, Mer- and Mermaid on Manhattan is in all platforms Apple Music, Stitcher, you na- Spotify, you name it, it's there. So go give that a listen. Yeah, uh, for sure. And yeah. if you're not
0: doing anything later tonight, I'm going to leave this theater and drive. Drive 10 minutes to the pocket up in Greenwood (laughs) to go be in my comedy duo called Book Club. Uh, So if you want to watch me get drunk on stage, that's what I'm doing tonight.
2: (laughs) It is a good time. The show is very fun. Also, I do want to mention that uh, I hope we find a way to get it on the podcast. Yes, dude, please do. That (laughs) I wrote for the next chapter. For those of you who know what the next chapter is about, I wrote a battle rap from Harry's perspective against the guy who shows up at Grimald Place to the tune of Story of Adidon, which is the Pusha T versus Drake rap, which is all about fatherhood. So, uh, I i was going to do that tonight, and then I showed up and I was like, chapter 10, no! <laughs> <laughs> So, maybe we'll find a way to ha- have well, that I'll happen. find a way to get it. Okay, in. okay. But yeah, but
1: uh, honestly, thank you guys so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully you guys enjoyed them too. Uh, so, yeah. that, thank you, yeah, give it up, give it up. So, All right, pass, Mike. You think you're hot shit just because you're live? Well, we have to take a step back before we get to the Q&As because it is time for Wingardium at Redosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Hover. Let's say, hypothetically, you're starting a new business about wizarding wheezes in Diagon Alley, and you're trying to make a name for yourself, especially because it's the late 90s, early 2000s, people are talking about this whole internet thing, and you want to have an internet presence. Well, you want to make sure your brand is represented well with a nice, clean, crisp domain name, and what better way to do that than with Hover? Hover makes it incredibly easy to find and register your domain name connected to your website and get your brand going, because whether you're starting a Weezes store, a podcast, a blog, whatever it may be, you don't want your URL to be a sentence long. I used Hover when I was securing wizardon.com which I'm very happy to have. They made the process so simple. Hover is fantastic because they have over 400 domain name extensions to choose from. So just in case Weasley's wizardingweezes.com is taken, maybe you can find weasley wizarding.weezes. It might be a choice. I'm not sure. And what's great is that Potterless listeners can get 10% off your first purchase if you go to hover.com slash Potterless. Again, go to hover.com slash Potterless, get 10% off your first purchase, register a domain name connected to whatever site that you have, and get those kids on the internet going to check out your online Weasley Wizarding Weezes store. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Now, in the Harry Potter world, you have troubles with cell phones in that no one can use them on Hogwarts because technology gets all wonky and stuff. In the non-wizarding world, you have troubles with cell phones in that you can have awful contracts where you get ripped off all the time. Now, you can have a solution to that problem by using Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile sells wireless phone service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet savings on to you so that you can get wireless plans as cheap as $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. You won't have to worry about overpriced monthly bills or unexpected overages, and also every plan comes with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. I have Mint Mobile hooked up on my work phone right now, and... Every phone call I've had, crystal clear. Every time I've had to use data, very quick. Using hotspots is something that I also get with my plan, and I love having that flexibility. So if you want to ditch overpriced wireless bills, you can do so with Mint Mobile. They have a limited time deal, and you can get a premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com potterless. That's mintmobile.com potterless. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com dot com slash Potterless. Additional taxes, fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So if you want to solve your muggle problems with phones, use Mint Mobile today. Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right, I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless, but it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right. I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, You can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewsolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. So, we... We have got the space until 8.15, and what I want to do is open this up now to, to a Q&A session. So basically, if any of you folks want to ask any particular question, please spoiler-free. Yeah, if you need to roll out and go to your show, you can totally do that. No, I
0: got like 10 minutes. Let's do this. Okay,
1: cool. Um, So, uh, I think the best way to do this is like either go to one aisle or the other, and like maybe line up, and then we will pass one of the microphones to you. So if you have any sort of question, please spoiler-free, or any sort of like, hey, have you heard this like theory or anything like that? Please come on up, and Ask away and I'll answer it and we can become good old friends. Yeah, because friends. the best part about Harry Potter is talking about it with my friends, which all of you folks are my friends. Your friends. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, anyone like come on up, don't be shy. You can ask questions and stuff. Microphone stands are great, beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's all right. Come over to that one.
2: I can hold one for you. Or, yeah. yeah, Either so or.
1: <laughs> please, anyone, uh, and please do ask questions. Otherwise, I'm going to be sitting up here, and this will be super awkward. <laughs> all right, great. And say your name and stuff so I, uh, everyone can know.
0: Hi, I'm Maria.
1: Hello, Maria. How's it yeah, going? I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's your house? Yes. Gryffindor, obviously. I like yeah. your Gryffindor powderless shirt. What's up?
0: I was wondering if you could pick any character from any of the books to be on your podcast? Who would you
1: pick and why? Charlie Weasley! Oh my gosh! I would just ask him so many questions about everything, uh, just because I, I have made it not a secret that he's my favorite, and I would want to know so much more about him. So, it would be a great episode of Potterless, where we wouldn't talk about the book, or anything at all. I would just be like, hi Charlie, can we just talk about you? For It'd be a fun, like, 38-hour episode of Potterless. Uh, no edits, obviously. So, yeah, I would say definitely Charlie Weasley. Uh, you you guys can also answer the questions if there's anyone you would want to get on, but yeah, I feel like Charlie definitely number one. I think Ginny would also be a great choice too, so just for all the sass. I mean, yeah, except for Percy. <laughs> well, Percy uh,
0: that's <laughs> obvious.
1: Like not Percy at all. And then, as I've now learned, Aunt Muriel also sucks. So no Aunt Muriel, no Percy. Definitely Charlie and Ginny would be the dream
2: duo. I personally, like, I I, I would w- love to watch you get frustrated by Hagrid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like he would just get off on tangents or whatever, but would be super polite, and you're just like, I don't want to be mean to this guy. <laughs> and then he'd start telling Do me, Do you oh, have any animals,
1: Michael? <laughs> <laughs> you start telling me a lot of things I'm not supposed to know. Yeah. And then,
2: oh, oh I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> right, yeah, he'll divulge secrets. You'll learn more that way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Luna, absolutely.
2: Ooh, I could, learn, call, I could learn
0: so much from her. I would love to be able to sit down for like a 38-hour uncut conversation mm-hmm. that would later be released in DVD box sets.
1: Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like that episode would just be like, hi, I'm joined by Luna Lovegood, and then you just like sit back and be like, "Have all right, and continue. <laughs> so yeah, I think that would be my dream guests.
0: By the way, I listened to your uh, bonus episodes of your you playing the game, mm-hmm. and your haggard impression cracked me up so much. Oh, where I just make <laughs> him sound
1: like a pirate. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: thank
1: you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. All right, what is your name and house? Uh, my name's Rachel,
0: and I'm a Ravenclaw.
1: Woo, all right! Um, so
0: my question is, kind of going off the Hagrid, uh, favorite magical creature that you've encountered so far?
1: Oh, man. So for the longest time, it was the Blastended screws. Obviously. Um, and then... And then the official Pottermore account was like, "Look at this art that we got this artist to do about all the magical creatures." And it was like, "Oh, look how wonderful they all." And then the freaking blast-ended screw one is nightmare fuel. <laughs> it is terrifying. There's like pincers everywhere and flames and like, oh, it's, it's so. I was like, "Oh no, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind." So I, I would say it started as the blast-ended scruts, <laughs> yes. and now I mean the hippogriffs are really cool. I kind of like an animal that inherently is like, this animal's really nice unless you're rude to it, and then it attacks. You with its vicious claws. I really kind of like that, you know, rule for an animal.
2: <laughs> uh, for me, I love the Thestrals. I just think that's oh, such a. Yeah. Yeah. I love a good bony pony. <laughs> 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 that's right <laughs> uh, they're just like it's so like I, I love the fact that it's conditional that like mm-hmm. some people get to experience them and some people don't it would make me super jealous uh, if, if I weren't able to see one but, th- uh, but I mean it, it's a weird thing where it's like oh man I can't see thefts but it's like well you've also never
1: witnessed death <laughs> so yeah there's, there's positives in some ways or
2: whatever
0: I, I love any animal that's naturally goth that's that's, <laughs> yeah. so, that's so rad
1: <laughs> thank you so much for your question I appreciate it
0: Hi, my name is Annie.
1: My Hi, Annie. Slytherin. Ooh, all right. Yeah. yeah. This, makes, this makes three no, shoes. No, but, but re, real Slytherins are okay. All the book Slytherins are bad. Real life people Slytherins, you're great. You're. I hope not racist. Yeah. <laughs> Houses.
0: I'm not racist.
1: Good. Great. Awesome. Woo! Glad we dodged that bullet.
0: Um, if you were to found a fifth Hogwarts house. Uh, what are the colors? What's the mascot? What is the trait?
1: Oh my goodness. Let's see.
0: This one's all yours? Okay, I feel so like the, you gotta have ownership yeah, of Yeah, all right.
1: So yeah. the colors the colors are navy blue and pink. Um, as I am roughly wearing right now, wearing. as you can tell. I just thought it's always like a cool color scheme, and every time I played like one of those uh, sports video games where you get to make your own team, I always did that, and I was like, why is the NBA so afraid of making pink? It sounds like something like, come someone on. who's currently wearing <laughs> navy
0: and pink would say.
1: Hey, what's up? It's Editing Mike. Just wanted to jump in to say that since recording this, the Miami Heat have thankfully unveiled an all-pink uniform, and it is divine, so thank you, NBA, for embracing pink and not being afraid of it. So let's see, I would say colors are navy blue and pink. The trait, I would say, like, can like funny or witty, just like a, like a whole house of like Fred and George and Ginny, like a whole just like, like they're the ones that are like fun to hang out with. So it's like, but I feel like Hufflepuff would be pretty similar to that. But something along those regards, I would say. Oh, the mascot, oh my goodness. Do they have, does that have to be a real animal or can I pick a magical one? All right, I just—I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know the—I don't know the rules. Uh, my name isn't an alliteration, so I can't pick up a house. This, you know, I gotta be—I gotta have an alliteration name to found it.
0: You gotta be Mike Mubert.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, As far as the mascot, I want to, let's see, I'm blanking on, like, really cool stuff, but I'm going to go with what my favorite animal was growing up. I really liked geckos. I thought they were cool. Mm. Uh, I like that they, like, stick to walls and stuff, uh, and that they're also, like, wonderful uh, car insurance salesmen, so... Uh
2: (laughs) Maybe can, we'll go with the gecko. <laughs> can I can I answer this one? Yeah. Uh, okay. So this my it's gonna be house Fagolan. Uh, Ooh. Uh, and uh, their house colors are bright purple and bright green. Mm-hmm. And they are the ICP of the uh, uh-huh. <laughs> of the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> like they get super high. They're pretty chill. They're all about family. That's mm-hmm. one of their big traits. Yeah. Uh, whenever they see each other, they shout whoop whoop. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the creature is definitely a. Doxy, because doxies are like the most ICP creature yeah, I can in the see Harry Potter universe. I've also remembered what animal
1: I want to actually pick for my house, which I guess is just House Schubert. It's an copy because it's like you took like a zebra and like an antelope and a giraffe and you were like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that animal. So we're going with that. <laughs> Thank you again so much for your question. Yeah, hello.
0: Hello, uh, my name's Holly. Mm-hmm.
1: Slytherin. Ooh, cool. Awesome. Great. Not racist. <laughs> good. <Yeah.
2: laughs> oh boy. <laughs> We're gonna make a blanket assumption. I from love here that on this out. is gonna
1: be like I feel like every podcast live show has like some sort of rules, like the Mac say like no bummers motto. be like, if you're a Slytherin, you must confirm that you're not <laughs> racist before you ask a question. <laughs> so anyway, go on. Um, it's uh, kind of
0: a two-parter oh, good. So have you
1: had the birdies, if have you had the flavored beans? So I have not, because when I first, half of them are flavored like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first, I first heard about them when I, I think was like a sophomore in high school and someone was like, oh, I've got the birdie bots beans. And I was like, what are those? And they were like, oh, there's those jelly beans from Harry Potter. And I was like, I haven't read Harry Potter. And then of course, 15 minute discussion, you haven't read Harry Potter? Um, so after that finished, she was like, yeah, there's these jelly beans where half of them taste really good and then half of them taste really bad. And I was like, so there's a 50-50 chance you're going to really not like what you eat? And they were like, yeah. And I was
2: like, I'm not going to eat that. Then, uh, yeah, but I mean, have you gone to Applebee's? <laughs> 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 Never it's, by choice, but yes. It's the same thing. It's really <laughs> the same thing. Also, I'm sorry that you lost a sponsor of Applebee's for the rest of your podcast. <laughs> this, this episode of Potter was brought to you by Chilies!
0: <laughs> okay. Well, so if since you haven't had them, mm-hmm. um you'd have to just imagine I guess from what you've read mm-hmm. of the nasty flavors. Okay. Which one would be the most palatable if you had to just like Okay.
1: Do take do, off do you thing? offhand know what the nasty ones are? I know there's like, oh, there's earwax, like and earwax, and,
0: yeah, earwax and vomit. Uh, okay. um, yeah, and dirt, boogers, yeah, soap, earwax. Okay. Yeah.
1: Grass? Oh. You know what? I would probably go with grass because have you guys ever eaten beets? <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely tastes like grass. So I'd just be like,
2: all right, fine. I don't know, a
0: grass would like pair with a nice soft blanc or something like <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> If the soap was, like, maybe, like, depending on the flavor of soap, like, if it was, like, (laughs) Dr. Bronger's mint soap, like, maybe I could get down with that. But you have to be careful with that stuff, because if you use it and aren't careful, then you get a creature, which is a real angry
1: asshole. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for your question. Hi. Hello. Hello. My name's Joey. I'm a Gryffindor. Hello. Yay. Woohoo! Holly's my wife. Oh! No. Oh! Wow! Fun. It makes the it okay. weird. Okay, here's a question for oh. for Harry Potter. Well, just for Harry Potter fans, because this is a thing where when people go to like rival colleges, like University of Texas or Texas A and M, they have those like house divided, half and half. Do they make those for Harry Potter houses? Because they sh- okay, they go- good. Because I was like, if not, I'm gonna go leave right now and go to the patent office and call up Warner Brothers and be like, guys, I've done it. <laughs> There's Scotch tape in the apartment. <laughs> um, I'm sure sure you've thought about this. Wizard basketball, what's oh. it look like to you? Oh man, wizard basketball. It has to be something where it's like somewhat limited. I want to say it's just like certain things are enchanted. <gasps> no, wizard basketball is NBA Jam. Yes.
2: Because,
1: yes. 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 exactly like, think about NBA Jam. They Heating jump, up. <laughs> <laughs> they jump way too high. They have turbo speed. They can break the backboard if they dunk it can enough. Find it right. on fire. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you make three shots in a row and nobody else does, you're on fire. I, it's just, it becomes NBA Jam.
2: And then you take the polyjuice potion and turn into Bill Clinton. Right? Yeah. There you
1: go. <laughs> that, that, we're not kidding. That's part of the game. If you put in a secret code, you can play as the Democrats. <laughs> it's super fun. So yeah, Wizard basketball is an NBA jam. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hello.
2: Hey there. Uh, I'm Kyle and I'm a Hufflepuff.
1: Oh yay! Oh. All right.
2: <laughs> <Present>. <laughs> Um, So my question for you is, other than the main trio, Mm -hmm. who would you like to hear a story of Harry Potter from?
1: Okay, so they are like the narrator of the book, or just we hear some sort of like story, they're they're along with the trio?
0: They're along with the trio.
1: Okay, so the trio gets one more. Let's see. I mean, aside from Charlie Weezy, obviously. Um, I, I mean, I think Ginny would be a great companion, but we do get a lot of Ginny action. I want to say, honestly, Neville. We don't, get enough, we don't get enough Neville in the books, and I like that we kind of get this thing starting with the fifth book when Neville and Luna join for the Ministry of Magic stuff. They like come in, and it's like, oh, hey, Luna and Neville are cool, and they helped fight and all this cool stuff. And then we end up learning more about Luna, but I feel like we don't actually end up learning that more about mm-hmm. Neville. So I would want Neville That's along. Fair for the ride
0: um so i i want all of the events of all of the books as told from the perspective of professor McGonagall.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: because i i have i mean i i have friends who are high school teachers and like hearing them talk about their shitty kids <laughs> i just want to hear like an entire series of professor McGonagall like talking about do you know what they did yeah. do you know what they like just going on about it and eventually like they're heroes and they're all friends in the end and stuff but that's ugh, that's all i
1: want yeah at the very least just the McGonagall narrator perspective of every conversation she's ever had with dolores umbridge uh that's all we need because like the stuff she said out loud amazing can you imagine what she thought and did not say out loud <laughs> uh, Ooh.
2: i i would want it to be vernon dursley oh. <laughs> Hot take, because let's go! watching him perpetually lose his mind <laughs> until somewhere in book five he has either a heart attack or an aneurysm <laughs> and passes away. But until that point, it's just going to be like Don Vito from uh, Viva La Bam. Oh, uh, wow! That's a deep cut. That's um. a good deep cut. <laughs> but just constantly freaking out.
1: <laughs> I like it, I like it,
2: awesome. Thank you so much for your
1: question. Oh.
2: Hey, what's up?
1: Hey, that's my friend Riley McKinley <laughs> from Hello, Vine. I'm Hello. Riley.
2: <laughs> I am a Ravenclaw through and through. Yay! I did it. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys could become a real person for your animagus. Oh. In history or modernity, which person would it be?
1: Okay, so your transformation is into like a different human. Yeah, being. some sort
2: of st- figure.
1: Okay, I would turn into Kristaps Porzingis, uh, power forward slash center uh, from Latvia, seven foot three man on my beloved New York Knicks, because I would want to be the person that leads my New York Knicks out of the death into the promised land of the NBA championship. Also, I'd get to be seven foot three inches tall, uh, which would be fun and interesting. I'd also get paid millions of dollars to play basketball. I currently get paid zero of to play basketball. Hey, it's editing Mike here on a bit of a more somber note. Since recording this and just four days prior to uploading this, the New York Knicks decided to trade my favorite player Kristaps Porzingis to the Dallas Mavericks, and I am very sad. The move ultimately does make some sort of sense, and I get what they're trying to do. But he was still my favorite; it still makes me sad. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's all good. My answer is pretty much the same, but. I would probably just pick someone on the Knicks now because being on the Knicks is a crucial element to answering this question properly. So I will say Frank Nilekina, my French point guard friend. That would be fun.
0: Uh, I'm going to say Marie Antoinette because like 99% of that is like sweet linen.
1: <laughs> Almost everything.
0: <laughs> everything except for that M.P. <laughs> um, I got to go. You guys are great. Yes. Thank you, Allison,
2: so much. <laughs> I was going to say, like, not to get political, but I've done that a bunch already tonight. And uh, the answer, I'm not even going to explain it. You fill in the blanks. Definitely Jeff Sessions. Uh, you <laughs> would become him? Or just so that you can undo, like, you can be the mole? I can take his place. Yay! Okay.
1: I can dig it. Yes. As long as you don't a keep and
2: Don't get me wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, before oh, we... Sorry, we yeah, before I, <laughs> anyway, Harry Potter, <laughs> your next question. My
0: name's Tori. I'm a Gryffindor. All right! When I read books, one of my favorite things is after I finish the book, I like stop and think and be like, what was my favorite scene from the book? Because I, Definitely read visually. Oh, like when yeah. I read, it's like a movie in my head. Mm-hmm. So, so far, yes. what has been that scene that has stuck with you that you will never forget?
1: So, the one that for me uh, is the end of the fifth book when Dumbledore fights Voldemort. And it's explicitly stated that Dumbledore is like walking in full stride and does not break stride when he's fighting Dumbledore. So, like, oh, hell yeah. So he's just like, uh, 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 uh and like not saying anything. <laughs> like, because that's all just nonverbal incantations. So, I think for that, just that's. The point when all of the spells were described in like such vivid detail, so it really helped like make a picture in my mind, and it was so amazing, and it just like really showed like how powerful Dumbledore is. Is that he's fighting like what is supposed to be the strongest wizard ever, and he's not even trying that hard, and it's super good. And then I watched
2: the movie, and it was nothing like the book at all. I was so sad. For me, it's uh, oh, it's one of two things. It's either the reveals in the shrieking shack at the mm. end of Azkaban, which they also
1: just, like, just ruined in the movie. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I don't, I was,
2: oh, oh. Anyway, but, before we're here for 12 more hours. But the, <laughs> I think the top one for me is at the end of uh, Goblet of Fire when the reveal is of when he, they take the port key and all of a sudden they're in a different location. And you know that that pull focus shot in a movie where the background gets further away, <gasps> oh. but it goes closer towards their face? It's like experiencing that for yourself for like a half an hour of reading of just being like, <clears throat> just these no, like, th- I can't believe what's <laughs> happening
1: in this moment. This is something that I had mentioned in the podcast where it's like, when you're envisioning the books, at least in my brain, you get like some sort of like colory tinge to the background, and like once this hit, it was like a gross, like grayish, dark purple. Like everything was like, oh, it's yellow, it's nice, everything's happy. And then it was like, actually, nothing is okay anymore. <laughs> everything has changed. You can't call these books children's Pe- books on your podcast anymore. <laughs> People are cutting their
2: hands off, fetuses are becoming <laughs> humans. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Lord has returned. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: so that would be our answers. Thank you so much for your question. <laughs> Hello.
0: Hello. My name is Natasha. Mm-hmm. I'm a Slytherin.
1: Okay. Fun. Yeah.
0: Not a racist. Great. <laughs> so, on account of how much you hate Quidditch,
1: uh-huh.
0: if you were in the Harry Potterverse, yes, at a Quidditch game, yes, in the place of Lee Jordan, uh huh, oh. announcing the game.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What would that sound like?
1: Okay, let's see. Um. <laughs> Do, do I like Quidditch in this world or am I still me? Of course not. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> So it would, it would. Let's see. It would be something like. Well, I'm trying to think of one of the games. Oh, okay. So there's there's one that happens. I think in the sixth book where like they get up by a ton of points, but then Harry almost doesn't get the Snitch, and it's like still a thing. The Space Jam part when uh, when Ron, <laughs> when Ron hasn't actually taken Felix Felicis. So uh, <laughs> I would just say something along the lines of lie, probably like, oh man, Ron Weasley on top of his game today. But you know what's ridiculous? The fact that Gryffindor's lead still not secure. They're winning by a hundred and. 10 points, you know what they could do? They could lose if this fill in for Malfoy just happens to, you know, uh, take away everything. So uh, he just gets it and then they lose and that's the end of that. Oh, anyway, uh, Ginny Weasley's murdering it, by the way. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, it would sound something along the lines of that. <laughs> right. It would just be a, a, a back and forth between like gabbing over cool things and then being like, but remember, we should be playing basketball instead. <laughs> Thank you so much for your question. <laughs> Hello.
0: Hi, I'm Carmen. Uh, I'm a Ravenclaw.
2: All right. Um, you get one magical item mm-hmm. or one magical creature for a day. Okay. What would you pick? What would you do with it?
0: And why?
1: Ooh, oh man. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. I mean, the cop-out answer would be, like, wand, and then everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will go with not that. I feel like I'm just, mm, no, <gasps> I'd pick it. Okay, this is on the stipulation that I have not witnessed death but I'm gonna pick a Thestral because then there's only two things that can happen. Either people see it and I look awesome or people can't see it and it looks like I'm flying like this (laughs) and I look ridiculous. Uh, And then I can also fly all over the place. So either option of the Thestral,
2: awesome. (laughs) I was gonna say you should go with broomstick because it evidently takes no skill or muscle control (laughs) to fly one. You just hop on and you're good. Awesome, yeah, cool. I think that's that.
1: Thank you for your question. (laughs) Hello.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a Gryffindor. All right, awesome. (laughs) Along the same lines, at Hogwarts, you can bring a pet with you. It's the cat, owl toad
1: or rat, what would mm-hmm. you bring and why? Okay, I'm gonna bring an owl because first off, it's the only pet that like does stuff. <laughs> like you can, the owl can like send you letters, which you can't do by any other way. I also went to Rice University, the mascot was an owl. That's an obvious choice for me. I would probably name it Pig, but just Pig uh, because
2: Pigwing's name was cooler when I thought it was just Pig. <laughs> that would be my call. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I I, I was born in the year of the rat, so I feel like I have to choose rat. Sure. But I also don't understand how that really works because, like, rats live two years and then get cancer. (laughs) Oh, what, really? Pretty much. No. (laughs) No. So I feel like you'd have to have, like, four rats over the course of your (laughs) education. (laughs) But the good part is if you get, like, a bad rat, then you can just switch them out. (laughs) Well... Yep, there's that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, we have time for one more question, so this will be the final one. About the chapter that we read, Mm -hmm. uh, they've started casting some aspersions. What are your current feelings about Dumbledore? in terms of, oh, like, is he okay, and do I believe the rumors and stuff? Do do you believe any of the rumors? Do you think that he is acting uh, completely honorably? Do you think uh, he is to be trusted? Because, like, there are people starting to say these things about him, and there have been sprinklings of things along the books of being like, he's, like, things are a little weird, and, Mm -hmm. like, ignoring Harry, or all that stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you feel currently at this point about Dumbledore? I still think very highly of him. I think just all of the stuff that's happened throughout the
1: book, he seems like a really good stand-up dude. He just seems so pure, and the fact that he tears up at just like the tiniest little things. Uh, just Harry like standing up to scrimger for him and feeling bad about not making Harry a prefect, even though like Harry shouldn't have been a prefect. Um, <laughs> but I think that Dumbledore is just someone that he's like one of those like really good people that he is so not concerned with what people think of him that he is someone that doesn't have to go and try to like put out fires and do all these things where he's like basically Elon Musking all the time where he's like, no 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 I'm actually great and here's why. Dumbledore just is like fine if he's like let let rumors be rumors, I know it's true. It's something that I wish that I had. Uh, Like, I do not like when people say mean things about me, and I get very, you know, concerned and want to, like, make sure that my reputation's okay. But I think that Dumbledore is just someone that, like, keeps to himself and isn't concerned about that, and that's why, you know, you have people like Rita Skeeter or Muriel or Bethilda Bagshaw, like, trying to say stuff, and then him not really fighting it, him just being like, hey, I know who I am, and I'm secure, and the people that I know care enough about it, so I want to trust Dumbledore. And if he turns out to suck, that would be, like, the worst <laughs> that would be the worst, like, plot twist of a character ever be like, oh, by the way, Dumbledore was the worst. <laughs> like, would not be fun, so I really hope he's okay. <laughs> but that's my thought there. Sure, yeah. Well, we're going to get kicked out of here. So uh, I, <laughs> I got to wrap it up. But first off, thank you guys so much for coming out. I cannot, I cannot thank you enough. Like, you guys are... Phenomenal, And the fact that you listened to the podcast and that you came out is so great. I just wanted this theater to be like at least half full. And the fact that we like basically sold out is ridiculous. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it so much. And if you want to go like hang out with me and stuff, there's a bar next door called a pizza mart. I'm going to be just chilling there. Uh, you can just like go there and hang out. I'll be there. It's fun. We're all friends and stuff like that. But before we go, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they uh, uh, before they eat a bunch of pizza and drink beer and stuff, <gasps> Oh, wizard! On. Yeah. Thank you guys! Yeah. <laughs> If you haven't visited PotterlessPodcast.com, you are missing out. Kelly has done amazing work on it. There's information about the show, fan art, pictures, stuff about the patrons, stuff about the charities we do, other shows that I've been on. It's all fantastic. You can go to PotterlessPodcast.com or Wizardon.com. Potterless is created by McShubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by McShubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Leanne Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Erica, and Calvin Bauer Sadie Baird Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar Deborah Wilkins, Klaus Surlu, Alex Starker, Becca Adamick, Frank Chioda, Marchismo, Tori Larsic, Samantha Rose, Philio Janet Dessett, Kieran Webb Abita Med, Kaelin, Jordan, Pontolo, Rosemary Dodge, Jill Boulay, Marie Zisi, Keen Ariel Bird, Romina Rivadaneira, Pinky Pan, Kamel Doc, Anthony Bonarigo, Russell Dunk, Dustin Roland Katie Rogers, Audra, Indiana Mercer, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Rossane Batamana, Mike Cole, Andrea Franz, Nikita Power, Colette Smith, Trini Unadcat, Nadcat, Lola Palmer, Chelsea Green, Taylor Armstead, Love Cash Longer, Ali Madsen, Cassandra, Aponte, Roxy Chaos, Amelia Kraus, Sean Montag, Jeremiah E. Herd, Sarah Nink, Jesus, J. Morales, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Jessica and Natalie Jung, Arna Brandy Melody McGinnis, Kristen, Chavez. Zach Roth, Klein, Elisa Figueroa, Diego Costa, Daisy Carton Stotter, Jessica Jacob, Orchard Grower, Jonathan Fois, Joe Harrison, Isabel, Steve Trelor, Vivian Santo, Samuel Minor, Victoria Renee, Elena, Takaria Ronter, Leon Ruiz, Drake Perez, James Stepp, Healy Hastings, Marino, Moster, Hannah Shepard, Angelina Withred, Ross Marie Heisa, Peter Bemis, Maria Vega, Phineas Ebner, Natalie Lozano, Hermione Hoff, Victoria, Julian Lee, Ganji Singh Alex Bisholta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Cecily Togball, Raul, Avila, Finn, Stucky, Mosin, Sidigui, Grace, Riggle, Sammy Kerzy, Raúl Pineda, Ingen, Odds, Mary Wynn, Brian Wingate, Heidi Stoll, Alexandra Consolver, John Cott, Jen and Juice, Seferin Bayes, Dusty Nickram, Noel Basile, Tao, Hala O'Keefe, Emily Tyrell, Michael Russell, Robin Fernandez, Rebecca Shumway, Patricio Colon, Aaron Rapp, Jane Lance, Will Barrington, Neil Fournier, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Vittoria Nicoletta, Saren Enslin, Claire Spencer, Teal, Sina Schutzeberg, Silje Brunstad, Rod Desiree Korf, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donafont, Alicat 29 William Byford, Hallie Bowen, Linnea Sievert, Veronica Bartova, Everly Kindred, Lotta B, Noah, Tracy Toya, Lucinda, Carlos Nino, and Can't I Potter? Web design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Patina come You can find us on social media at facebook.com slash potterless, twitter.com slash potterless pod, instagram.com slash potterless podcast, or reddit.com slash r slash potterless. For any information about the show, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com and bonus content is at patreon.com slash potterless. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, as they say, in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, a wizard on! Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly! Do you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.
1: Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right. I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes, and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless. But it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right. I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, You can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewsolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So, again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts.